One of the hardest jobs for a founder and CEO is to hire a great engineering team. And if you're based in the Bay, competing with the salaries of Google and Facebook does not make it any easier, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our next sponsor, Turing. Turing makes it really easy to build a software engineering team. Go to Turing.com and they will find you hand-selective top-tier engineers that can work with you on a remote basis. Turing.com is backed by Foundation Capital, Founders Fund, other execs from Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more. And they are on a path to help companies like you find a remote engineering team and not spend years doing it. So if this is interesting to you in any capacity, I would check out Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com. And when they ask you, how'd you hear about Turing, make sure to tell them you came from the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, specifically tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 is in the month June, and get that remote engineering team today, not in six months, not in a year, today. And by the way, you get a two-week risk-free trial to give it a shot. So what are you waiting for? Go to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, and I'll see you over there. Now let's get into the show. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Nash Ahmed, who is the CEO, co-founder of Undock. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing okay, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Really excited about the angle that you're taking on, you know, this like massive, massive industry. For people that don't know what you're working on or know what Undock is, can you share share what is Undock? Sure. Uh, Undock is a platform that allows people to instantly schedule, host, and document their meetings. And our process starts directly in line in your email. We suggest mutual availability for all the participants on the email instantly. So everyone, you know, everyone has meetings. Meetings are like some people love them, some people hate them, but like we pretty much all have them. Would love to hear for, from you a little bit of the origin story and why you decided to, to tackle this. Um, and, you know, a little bit of why you decided to start and then we'll go into how it works and some of the features. Sure. I'll, I'll give you the shorter version of the origin story because there's definitely some zigs and zags in there. But uh I've been in the telecommunications industry for 10 years. And a few years ago, I was running a few companies at the same time and managing my own schedule became untenable. And I was getting upwards of 100 phone calls per day, 10, 15 meetings, it was just a lot. But the moment that actually caused me to take action is when I'm in my office and I'm on a call, I have another call holding on my phone And then there's a literal line of employees, three of them lined up outside of my door, waiting to ask their question or get five minutes of my time. So from my perspective, there's two problems. Number one, I have no way of managing my availability reliably. And I'm also wasting the time of everybody that's sitting there on cue to speak with me. So uh, the first thing I actually built was on an Arduino board. I attached some LED lights to it and it would indicate when I'm on the phone, in a, uh, in a meeting, working on a task or available to chat to my employees in the office. And then a few days later, I'm thinking this actually would be a better product if it was online and available to everyone. So I don't get countless calls when I'm already on a call. I don't get people walking up to my office when I'm busy or working on a task. So 
that was the original inception of the idea. And I started working on it with my college roommate, uh, Dan, uh, part-time. Because again, I was running other companies at the time. And as the idea started to go through different iterations, we landed on this really uh, fast way of calendaring. So we were working on stuff for real-time availability. The first thing we built connected your calendar, your phone, your conferencing system to this online portal that would say, Nash is free, Nash is not free. Nash is in a meeting, Nash is on the phone. Uh, but that led us into the calendaring space and applying some of the principles of real time, which we feel is the harder problem, like managing it in the real time. We landed on a really, uh, I think, intriguing way of scheduling uh, meetings in the future, which is what we're releasing first. So let's let's talk about that. Um, yes. Let's say I, I mean, not let's say, like I am someone that has a lot going on. I got my full-time job at Prenda. I got a newsletter. I got this podcast. I'm doing a bunch of stuff, just like just like everyone. You know, everyone's yes. pretty busy. Um, can you, so I'd love to just hear almost from my own knowledge, what are, um, can you describe a little bit of the user experience of Undocker? What can I do with it? How, how, how does it work? How will it work? I'd love to just hear a little bit of the features and, and, and um, kind of visualize how it could work for me. Sure. Before I get into the individual features, I'll give like a 10 second overview of what we're trying to do. Uh, we want to be omnipresent wherever it is that you're scheduling a meeting and in whatever fashion we want to be able to help you. So that's the, the goal for Undock. And then we'll also help you through the meeting and help you host the meeting. So the user experience now, open up an email. You start typing in the email. You hit our hotkey. We're also working on wake words, so it'll just pop up automatically. But right now, you hit our hotkey, it pops open a window. And in that window, it shows some suggestions that we've uh, pulled from your calendar availability, some of the preferences you've set, and some of your scheduling behavior. So I won't go too much into detail about the uh, AI that we're using on the behavioral side, uh, but your preferences. So let's say you take meetings between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., but you prefer to have your meetings early in the morning or you prefer to have your meetings in the middle of the day or you prefer to have your meetings later on in the day. We take those preferences into account when we make a suggestion for you. So instead of you having to open up your calendar, go look at some times, type those times in manually, go back to your calendar, type those times in manually, put holds on your calendar for the times that you sent out. Remember all that stuff? You press the hotkey, you see those suggestions in advance. So you'll see three suggestions on the left-hand side. You'll see where those suggestions relate to your existing schedule on the right-hand side. And you can insert them in three clicks. So you hit the hotkey, insert time one, insert time two, insert time three. And then you can optionally, optionally send someone a, a booking link, typical booking link for them to select other times if those don't work for you. So that process works great when you're scheduling with anyone, even if the person doesn't have Undock. It's like super powerful. It's right in your workflow. It doesn't you know, violate some of the power dynamics that you have with people saying, hey, you go do the work, you go figure it out on my calendar page. So that's that. We love that product. We think that product is amazing. People are using it and they like that aspect of it. The real flip that we're going for here is we're providing mutual availability. So if everyone else is on the platform or at least the people that you're meeting with are on the platform, let's say they're in your company. Let's say you have a global team. There's 40 people in your company, 10 on the East Coast, 10 on the West Coast. The other 20 are distributed all over the globe. 
just as fast as you can schedule a meeting with one person, you can schedule a meeting with seven different people in three different time zones on there. You don't need to do the math. You don't need to know if this works well for John in London or Jess in Tokyo or Harry in California. We're taking into account their preferences. So you hit that hotkey, and then again, you're going to see three suggestions on the left-hand side, and you'll see the, where those suggestions lie within your schedule. So that's the experience. And then you can send somebody an email, and they can confirm it by hovering over the link without even leaving their email. Click accept on the times that they like. For me, while you describe that, I just think of the absolute like lifesaver of the the, the, the almost the time zone management. Yes. Um, so can you kind of share, you don't necessarily have to go into like how specifically it like programmatically works. So like, I, I, you know, we, we don't need to know that, but just like, can you just walk through if I work on a remote team, which I do, um, you know, which is Prenda and I interview like a common problem I have is, um, you know, when someone is on, is in Europe, or someone is even sometimes in Australia, my, my, my current calendar, like booking link doesn't like, they're like, this doesn't work. Um, right. And it's extremely unfortunate. Um, I'm curious, like, how do you get around the time zone stuff? Or how do you manage time zones? Right. So that's the problem with a fixed booking page with fixed slots. Uh, number one, you set it ahead of time, and then you have to go back and change it and manage it. For Undock, you don't, we don't even build or allow people to create templates yet. We will add that, but it's not about templates. So we're doing the learning and the suggestions for you. So you set your, your outer bounds of when you would like to meet, and then you set your preferences as much as humanly possible. We'll put the meetings within the window that you like there. So now let's say there's three different time zones you're working with. So somebody in California, and then somebody in New York, and someone in London. That's an eight hour time gap across all of those. So each and every single slot on your calendar, giving away a little bit too much, each and every single slot on your calendar, the way we've built it has a score on there. We call it our availability matrix. So the highest scoring slots are fit within your window, fit within your preferences. And if you say you don't like your meetings back to back, or you don't want more than three or four hours of meetings in the day, whatever it is, we're factoring all of your preferences in to score each and every single slot. Now we take your score, we compare it with everyone else's score, and we find the least, we call it internally the least agonizing time for everyone. Because you know, meetings are not always a great thing, but you have to have them. So we find the least agonizing time. So in that case, if you had a, a booking page that was rigid and said, I only meet on you know, Monday through Thursday from one to 4 p.m. or something like that, it wouldn't work in that case. With Undock, you can say, I prefer to meet between 1 and 4 p.m. Monday through Thursday, but if there's no available time within that slot that matches everyone else, find the least agonizing time for everyone involved. That's the way it works. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, a, a really cool product. Well, kind of curious on two fronts, changing the direction a little bit. The, na like the name um, and... We'll, we'll start with the name. The name is super catchy. Like it is, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess my question is how'd you come up with the name? And two, I have to ask about the domain. How, um, was it just, was it just open or? No, uh, no. So, yeah, I mean, no. great name, great domain. We'd love to just kind of hear a story. About <laughs> that. I, I, I love the story. It's not as exciting 
once you hear it, but I personally love the story of how we got the domain, how I came up with the name and how it kind of fit in this perfect, like meant to be uh, sort of narrative. So I, again, when I was initially thinking about the idea, I wrote down five, six, seven, eight different names. And then Undock was like at the top of the list and I saw the domain was taken, but it had a very vague description on it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put that in the list and say, I'm going to try to get that domain. So I had some other options as well. Uh, I couldn't get the .com for any of the other options either. So they were all taken. So I start looking at the other TLD. So .io, .co, all taken. So I start messaging those people and I start messaging the .com person. And I was able to acquire some of the other TLDs. And then I told the .com person, hey, listen, I have undock.this, .that, .this. I'm looking to get undock.com. Would you be interested in selling? And it doesn't look like you're using it for anything public. So I can provide you one of these other undock domains and you'll be off and running. So I sent that message out, no response for months. So I'm tracking down who actually is going to respond for this request. Anyway, long story short, I found the guy, um, sent him some money, a lot less than you're thinking, well, a lot, lot less than you're thinking uh, for the domain. Uh, he was willing to give it up, uh, very good guy, and i yeah, very happy about that. So the name, uh, there's only two things that undock. There are boats that undock and there are spaceships. And I've been obsessed with space for quite some time. And around the beginning of the undock idea, I had already gotten the domain at that point. I went and I took a very uh, a highly illegal tour of SpaceX behind the scenes. Like, uh, I won't mention names, but I was, uh, yeah, I was touching the rockets. I was in the blast chamber. And when I came back from that trip, uh, well, the quote that someone gave me there was that at SpaceX, each launch is a combination of a thousand miracles in a row. And that was all inspiring for me. And I actually went to one of the launch events there and like got to be in the, the tent with all the people that are putting like rockets and satellites into the space and watching their millions and millions of dollars of metal fly up there. So when I came back from that trip, I said, listen, if this guy can put all that metal into space, I can write some code and launch a startup. So that was the, the final uh, uh, straw for me to actually go full-fledged with Undock. So domain story, name, and the space theme is definitely something we're going to keep with for a long time. Oh, man, what a story. I, uh, I, I love uh, hearing inspiration behind companies because I, I talk to founders at like such early stages where like they're, they still kind of like – or like they're still intimate with the reason why they started yes. where sometimes we interview like way, you know, 10 years down the line, they don't forget, but it's like, it's different, you know, yes. it's different. Um, so it's a, it's a great story. And I, 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 in my head, I wasn't actually thinking of a giant number for the domain just cause I feel like I, I got two domains, hubloft.com and gigloft.com. Yeah. Um, both of them, they don't mean anything. So like, I guess you could you consider them cheap. Like I thought they were great put domains and combined. Hubloft was ten bucks, and Gigloft was like a thousand bucks. And I'm just like, it should have been more than that. But like, yeah. you know, it's chill. So it's just you know, it's just the market. Just like everything, it's just like you know, whoever has it, how nice are they? Are they gonna you know, and and how willing are they to give it up? It was worth every penny. Uh, having a six letter English word domain, 
I think it's also helped us out because we get like interest from like later stage investors like, oh, they must have spent some coin. They must have been doing this for a while. I'm like, no, not really. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So what, uh, what do you, not so much like big, big vision yet, um, but I'm just kind of curious, like, how do you prioritize what to work on with this? You're, tackle, you're tackling, you know, giant market in meetings. You're taking on, you know, the scheduling aspect of it in a very intelligent way. I'm just kind of curious, like, every day, are you spending your time working on new features, on finding customers? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how do you spend your days? And how do you spend your days in knowing what to prioritize on this feature, that customer, that partnership? Right. So I'll answer it in, in three parts. So I spend most of my days right now in fundraising. We just uh, opened around about three or four weeks ago. Um, so that's a full-time uh, position. Um, but I am the, the product designer and product manager and like all the features and functionality and all the pixels, like everything on there that you see, I do. So when I'm not in the middle of fundraising, that's a big chunk of it. And then we have, two, we have two tracks that we're working on as far as delivering product. So we built 99% of what we want to launch uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, uh, which includes the scheduling, the meeting platform, and the conferencing platform. So we've already built it. So there's a track of you know, getting more beta testers in there and launching that stuff. And then there's a second track of, well, what features are people asking for in our beta that they'd like to see happen. And if we obviously if we have enough smoke around that, we're gonna move our, divert our attention there. So what's gonna happen over the next, starting July 1st, we're launching on Product Hunt around July 1st. Uh, every two weeks, we're gonna launch a new feature. And the question is gonna be, how do they launch this feature in two weeks? Because it's, it's mind blowing what we have in store. It's mainly because it's already built. So we have the track of delivering stuff, the track of delivering stuff that we've already built and then implementing uh, new features based on user feedback. That's exciting. Well, good luck on the product on launch. I, it's so, it's so fun. Like even regardless if it ends up number one, number, you know, and ten or not even on the board, what's cool is it's just like, you're, 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 you got something to share with the world and it's an excuse to tell your friends about it and your email list about it, which is, which is what I think the undervalued thing about uh, product. Hunt. I think too many people try to become number one. And like I've launched, I believe four products now on product Hunt, and three of the four all ended up between like 10 and five, not number one, not, not top three, but right. like, you know, up there and they got a bunch of traffic. I got a bunch of signups. So it's just like, you know, it's about, it's, if people forget that it's not about number one, it's about just getting the users and getting the, yeah. the outreach. So good luck. Ryan's built a really great community over there. And I love his story too, where he's yeah. really just sending it out as like an email list for a long time. And then he finally built a web platform for it. Um, I'm actually a startup junkie. So I'm on product hunt all the time, liking stuff, checking out. I will install everything. Like if you have something that I think it's cool, mm -hmm. I'm going to try it out and use it. Um, I think that's also where, you know, my, uh, I guess product chops come from cause I've seen a lot of things and it gives me a really high bar and standard for like delivering a product to other people. So I've seen some really cool stuff in many verticals and that's like the bar for me. Yeah, I agree uh, that Ryan has built something special over there. It just allows anyone from anywhere in the world to have their 
you know, their distribution, their moment of fame. It's not even famous, just like their moment of internet presence. Yeah. Um, and if like you re- do it remotely, like, like, I mean, a lot of people try to game the system, but if you're just like build a good product, you launch it, you spread the word, good things will happen on product time, which is, which is, yes. which is great. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. Were you going to say, I was going to, I was going to say we, we have like three, there, there's quite a bit of stuff that we're doing. That's still very much in stealth. So we have like three product hunt launches planned in the next six months or so you're using oh, the drift the drift playbook yes, launch, so. launch something new on product yeah well yeah you already yeah. mentioned that but yeah, the, yeah. It, as long like i feel like as long as it's truly different stuff i don't think product can care you know i i, th- I think it's fine and i think yeah. it's a brilliant way to get customers every every month or every few months to launch something new a new set of eyeballs you know yeah i mean the 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 pieces that we'll be launching second and third are, are huge and they're 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 tangentially related because we're building a vertical meeting product. So they're all still kind of in the same stack, but yep. we see the meeting is having three phases before, during, and after. So the scheduling component, which we really built this version of it uh, just at the beginning of this year, that's what we're launching first. And hopefully, you know, getting good feedback from the usage from people out there with that. And then there's the during the meeting component, which we have a a lot of things <laughs> that we will announce with that portion. And then there's a follow-up uh, sequence there for meetings that we'll be announcing again, another slew of stealth features and functionality. Well, that's exciting. I'll be, I'll be watching. I also browse product hunt every day. I have a newsletter. It's almost ironic. Brian started by compiling products, had a newsletter then turned it into product hunt. I have a yeah. newsletter where I browse product on and, 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 and share my favorite products for product that is just like, <laughs> it's funny how I never thought about it like that. Anyways. So let's say after your, your, your next three product on launches, let's say, you know, five way after five to 10 years go by, we'll have to just hear what's the overall direction you're building in and just kind of in general, what's your vision and what does it look like? And what do you think will, will result from that in a decade or two? Sure. Uh, the next, year and a half to two years we are primarily focusing on the meeting product and when you think about it people spend about 28 percent of their day in email and they spend about 25 to 50 percent of their day in and around meetings so we're building a platform for meetings there's so much you can do and now that everybody's had their entire uh, daily life shifted due to covid19 there's definitely a new paradigm for how to work but more importantly, I think for us, which is what we're focusing on with availability, is when you work. So nine to five is not going to work for a lot of people, especially if you have like kids at home and it's just, it's just not going to be normal for people. Coming into the office, you've already seen a lot of larger companies say, we're not coming back until 2021. And even when we come back, it's going to be hybrid. So when you start to think deeply about that, you can say, all right. It's a 40,000 person company and you're going to try to stagger the schedules of when people come in, when people are working remotely, how on earth are you going to coordinate in-person meetings, even internally with your team? It's a nightmare of a scenario for them to try to manage. Even now when everybody's in the same office, it would be a nightmare of a scenario. So we're really focusing on solving 25 or 50% of the day people spend in meetings. Um, 
beyond that, without giving uh, too much away, the place where we started, which I call the last mile problem of real-time availability. So like calendar tag is a problem. We're trying to schedule meetings, but phone tag is a problem. And interrupting people throughout the day with Slack messages or whatever is a problem. So we have a solution. That's the actual first thing we built, which we won't be shipping now for quite some time, is solving the real-time uh, nature of communication. So that's where we'll, we'll go there. I definitely see us being a uh, competitive uh, platform in the calendar space. So if somebody were to say, what is Undock in five years? They'll say, oh, it's a calendar. But it's a, a super-powered calendar. Cool. Well, uh, in order to make all that happen, you're, you'll definitely need some help from yes. many different sources. You, know, you might yes. need help from more employees, potentially investors, um, as you go down that route. But you'll definitely 100% need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my final question, or I guess second to last question for you, how can the listeners help you out? Is there any ask that you have for the community that we can assist with? Yes, the biggest way you can help out is number one, download Undock or go to undock.com and request access and we'll get you an invite. Use it. Tell me what you love about it. Tell me what you'd like to see it do and we'll build it. All right. And then I think we made clear the URL, the beautiful six word URL <laughs> or six letter URL, but just to make sure where can they find you? you know, undock.com, where else can they email you? Are you on social media, Twitter, anything like that? Where can they find you online? I'm personally on uh, most of the platforms and my handle is the same on all of them. It's Nash Theory, N-A-S-H-T-H-E-O-R-Y. And then obviously you can find undock at U-N-D-O-C-K dot com. Awesome. I, uh, the, I think the way we, uh, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong here, but I feel like in, we definitely have been communicating on Twitter. And if you, uh, if you're listening and you want to meet awesome people in tech, I would highly suggest following Nash on Twitter and just getting into the Twitter world because like great, great people are on there. If you, if you're surrounded by the right ones. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really excited by what you're building and I wish you the best of luck with your vision. And yeah, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. Matt, this was absolutely awesome. Thank you very much. And thank you to your community as well. All right. Thank you for tuning in to that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I really want to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Turing, for supporting June's episodes of Forward Thinking Founders. If you are a startup founder or a CEO and have any need for technical talent or need an engineering team, specifically a remote engineering team, I highly encourage you to check out Turing.com and see what they can do for you. They have a two-week risk-free trial where you can check out what they have going on and if you go over to turing.com t-u-r-i-n-g.com tell them matt sherman sent you tell them matt sherman six six being the month of june thanks for listening to today's episode and i'll see you tomorrow peace